Spirit, when you move, you make my heart. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you will move. I'm here and I know you will fill me. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands all over this house. Come on, just let the Lord touch you right now. Mm. There's a special move of God in this room. Come on, I want you to take a deep breath and breathe in the Holy Spirit right now. Come on. Slow down. Let your mind come into the presence of God. Let your spirit be calm while you're in His presence. Let the busyness be outside these doors and let there be a spirit of peace. Let there be a spirit of peace that ministers to you today and touches your mind and your heart. I want you to just to lift your voice and ask the Lord to just give you peace this morning. Lord, shed your peace upon me right now. Come on, say it out loud. Hallelujah. Lord, give me your peace that goes beyond understanding. <laughs> hallelujah. 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 Can someone breathe the name of Jesus with me this morning? Jesus, we love you today, Father. We love you today, Lord. We exalt you today, Lord. We give you honor and glory today for your name is holy. It's righteous and it's pure, Lord. We stand before your throne in the times of trouble and we believe that your grace will be sufficient for us. We believe that your mercy is everlasting to every generation, to every person, Lord, in this room, in this place, in this city. We believe and know and declare that your word is truth and that you will be there in the midnight hour, that you will go before me that you will be my buckler and my shield, my high tower, my ever-present help in the time of trouble. You'll be my doctor, my lawyer, my friend, my name. Lord, you said you would be my all in all. And today, I come to you and I say, Jesus, I need you today. Come on, somebody, cry out today. Jesus, I need you today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Uh, can everyone give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving and praise today? Amen, amen, amen. Uh, let everyone shout amen. We're so glad that you're here. If you're a guest and you're a first-time visitor or guest with us today, we are so thankful that you would choose to come and worship with us this morning. And we're thankful to God that you would worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen? So we want you to come and uh, find your part. Find where you might fit. We welcome you to God's house and to Pineview Church. Today, I want to just remind you this coming Saturday is going to be a men's prayer as well as our Timothy Project. Men and women alike are welcome at this project. And uh, it's going to be me teaching the Word of God in depth so that you can know how your Bible is supposed to be read. Amen? 
So we're looking forward to that. Brother Carl and I are teaching. We had a fantastic time this last Wednesday. You can catch it online on our Facebook page. But we're talking about the book of Daniel right now as it concerns the last days and the book of Revelation. So this coming week, we are going to, again, Brother Carl and I will be teaching for a few minutes, and then we're going to be giving you a chance to have questions, and we'll try our best to answer them from the word of the Lord. Amen? Also, of course, our Monday prayer and our Thursday prayer. I, this week, we have fasting. Everybody shout fasting. How many, uh, don't tell me how many fasted, but how, how many will agree that fasting is not easy? Can I get an amen? Uh, you think, ah, oh, it's no big deal. It's funny, you can go through the day and not eat and really, hey, you know, I haven't eaten today and it not be a big deal. But when you purpose in the morning, I'm not going to eat because I want to get closer to the Lord. There is something that fights you every second of the day. Every smell smells good burnt rubber smells like it should be eaten you know what i'm saying uh but here we go next this coming wednesday we will be again i will be at 6 a.m prayer it will be online and in this room 6 a.m prayer if you want to join me uh, I, we will have online and here in this room we will be spending time together and then of course that day from, from sun up to sundown we will be fasting as a congregation the reason we're fasting is for a very very important purpose and that's for us individually to draw closer to Jesus Christ and his word someone say amen amen and then, of course, on Friday at 6 a.m., I'll be doing my prayer again. These are all on my Facebook page. You can find me there very, very easily from uh, our Facebook page at Pineview as well. So, the Lord is good. I want you to look at your neighbor and shout, the Lord is good. But I want you to more importantly look at your neighbor and say, but his mercy endures forever. <laughs> How many are thankful for the mercy of God this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. As Sister Hannah comes back and leads us into one more course of praise, prepare your hearts for the word of the Lord. I have a word for you from the Lord today, from his book that he wrote to us. So today, why don't you allow the Holy Spirit, can you lift your hands one more time as Sister Hannah comes back and just ask the Lord to open your heart. Lord, open my heart. Come on. Open my heart in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaking, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus, cause he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. Come on, all over the room. Can we just sing that out together? He won't. No, he won't fail. You know, he won't fail. He won't Do we believe that this morning? Let your faith arise in this place. Come on, can you just say, He won't fail me? No, He won't fail. He won't fail. Sing Christ, and Christ is my firm foundation. 
salvation. Come on, sing it out with us. He's the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking. I've never been more glad, and I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. Come on, that's what we're doing. Cause He's never let me Come on, sing that out. 
Christ is my firm foundation. Come on, sing it one more time. The rock on which I stand when everything around me. Come on, it doesn't matter if it's shaking. And I've never been more glad than I put my faith in Jesus. Because he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he our struggle he won't sometimes we need to whisper that over our lives he won't fail he won't fail he won't fail he won't know he won't come on whisper that over your life this morning he won't he will never let you down he won't fail morning give the lord a hand clap of thanksgiving and praise amen hallelujah 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 Woo! someone shout amen oh, i'm so glad you're here today in god's house those that are tuning in online i welcome you and wow we have already had church this morning god is moving in this place today amen at the end of service, at the end of service today, I will be having our prayer elders come and we will be praying for the sick and we will see those sick recover. Amen. I don't speak by my own word. I speak by the authority of the word of God. 
that he was wounded for your transgressions he was bruised for your iniquities and the chastisement of his peace of our peace was upon him and what with his stripes by his stripes we are healed so today as I close this service we're going to have a time together that we can support one another in prayer as a what community someone shout community you may be seated in the name of the Lord thank you for standing amen thank you to our worship team for helping us enter into the presence of the Lord amen today I want to bring the word of the Lord to you and I won't um, well, I'll say I won't be long, right? There you go. I said it. I said it. I won't be, I won't be long in Jesus' name. I want you to, um, if you will, and you don't mind participating a little this morning, I, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, do you remember me? Say it a little louder, would you? Do you, do you, do you remember me? Like, you can either say it, like a question, hey, uh, you know, uh, yeah, do you remember me, right? Of course, Mike, I remember you. I don't remember your name all the time, but I remember your face. Anybody else got that problem, right? Right? You're in a grocery store, and you see an old friend, and you go, uh, uh, Bill? No, it's John. Oh, yeah, that's right, John, that's right, yes. Do you remember me? Oh, yeah, you were that twerpy little kid that was a nerd at school. Yeah, that was me, that was me, that was me, right? This, these words, I'm going to shout, remember me. These words are so familiar to us. These words are familiar to us and at different places in our lives. We hear these words when we are at school reunions. You ever been to a school reunion? They're terrible, just so you know. Um, I went with my wife one time to her school reunion and we decided that was the last time because nobody knew each other. They were all like, who are you again? I, we're, we're, what, who's your teachers? What class were you? Oh, I had home ec with you or, you know, but nobody knew, right? And so the constant theme that day was, do you remember me? Remember me? Yeah, I was the guy that poured water on your head, that one. No, don't remember, right? Those kinds of things. We remember at weddings when we see old friends and family. Remember at funerals when we ask, uh, I haven't seen someone in so long. Those family members that live across the world and you only see them every once in a while. And sometimes your kids have grown up and they don't remember, they don't remember them. You ever encountered that? They don't remember them. We use uh, these words, remember me, as, as moments in a chance meeting. We use them when we are um, in this place of, of remembrance. We are at school, we are at home, we're at work, we're in the grocery store, and we look at somebody, we know them, but we're not sure they remember us. Remember me. We also use these words when pleading with someone. When we are pleading, we're not asking, do you remember me? But we're saying, please remember me. If you've ever tried to buy a house in the last couple of years, I'm sure there was that relative uh, uh, experience where you had a, a house where someone said, well, I'm thinking about selling it, but it's not for a year. And, and you give them your phone number and say, please call me first, man. Remember me. It's in those moments that we uh, can look at a 
clerk at Target and they say, listen, we have Stanley Cups coming in next Friday. And you, and you, and you say, oh, I need a pink one. Can you please, can you please remember me? Give me a call. There's a tip in it for you. Have you ever done that, right? Nobody's ever done that before, right? It's, it's this idea that you need someone or something to remember who you are. And that generally springs from a need. It generally springs from a place where we, we want them to remember us because I, I want to develop a relationship because I may need something from what you have. And, or it's something you do have and, and you're not ready to get rid of it yet and I really, really want it. So would you please remember me? Can you say it one more time? Remember me. I, I find in the word of God in the book of first Samuel a story that all of you are probably very familiar with but I want to take you back to it today I want to take you back to this story it's in first Samuel and you will find that there was a person an individual desperate and crying out for God to remember her her name was Hannah and Hannah's plight was of childness she had no children. Her womb, the Bible says, had been shut up. And she had no children. And in her earnest prayers to God, she asked God, do you remember me? She says to God, I need you to remember me. We find in 1 Samuel 1 and 11, it says, And then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant, and remember me and not forget your maidservant. Hannah's story is this. She was the second wife of a good man, uh, but she could not have any children. And most of all, she could not have a male child. She could not produce what was expected of her. And in her day, there was a great judgment on her for not being able to produce an heir to her husband and all that he had occurred and, and gathered. She also had a first wife of her husband, and this wife, she had lots of kids. And she loved to chide Hannah, and she loved to torment Hannah, and she would love to tell her I've got kids and you don't and I've got inheritance and you don't because you see Hannah's inheritance was connected to her bearing a child we look and see that it was a bad system how many are glad that system's over in Jesus name right I'm so glad right uh, in those days uh, God allowed this to happen to populate our earth and we find that his first wife was just, he was tormenting these poor, poor Hannah. We look and see in 1 Samuel 1 and 5 that her husband, who loved her very, very much, this was not an issue of him wanting to also make her feel bad. I sometimes wonder why he didn't tell the first wife to keep her mouth shut. But anyhow, we find that he said he loved her. Matter of fact, in verse 5, you're going to find, but to Hannah, he would give a double portion. He was trying to express to her, am I not good enough for you? Do you? I'll give you a double portion of whatever my first wife has to prove to you that I love you despite you not being able to bear children. For he loved Hannah. And the Bible says, although the Lord had closed her womb. 
we find later a few verses down that it was a time of year that the whole family went to the house of the Lord. In 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 7, we find it says this, And so it was, year by year. Can someone shout year by year? When she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her. Every time they got all the caravan together, they were going to God's house. Yes, that first wife, she would torment Hannah on the way to church. Have you ever been tormented on the way to church? Have you ever had a fight, real good fight with your husband or wife on the way to God's house? Have you ever screamed at your kids and had to come in and then raise your hands and act like everything was okay, huh? Have you, have you ever been there? Well, this is what was going on. We find that in the caravan, they were going to God's house and they had all the kids and all the stuff and they were moving towards going to God's house year by year. This was a once a year thing. This was a big deal. This is, they went and they camped around the, the, the uh, house of the Lord and they would be there for some time and they went. And so it wasn't just like getting up, getting your teeth brushed and coming to God's house here at Pineview. It was a big deal. And all the way there, she would chide Hannah. She would give her anguish and she would say, ha ha, I've got kids and you don't. I don't know what would possess her to do that, but this is what the scripture said. And year by year, she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. And therefore, Hannah wept and did not eat. Something happened, though, in the reading that we're at in 1 Samuel chapter 1, because this was no ordinary year. Something snapped, changed within Hannah. Year by year, for years, someone shout for years. She went to God's house and heard that woman chide, ha ha, I've got children and you don't. And year by year, she put up with it. She cried in her loneliness. She cried in her misery. And year by year by year by year. But something happened in this year. I want to tell this church body, something is happening in this year. I'm not sure where you are at, but I'm going to tell you where I'm at, that something is stirring in this year. I tell you, it's different this year. Maybe not for you, but it is for me. My faith is greater than it was last year because it's being challenged more greater this year. But by faith, I walk, not by sight. And I tell you today that this, someone shout this, is a different year. Uh, I need you to shout it again. This uh, is a different year. Uh, you may have had struggle in your health year by year by year, but somewhere in this house, somebody needs to stand up and say, but this is a different year. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to, woo! I'm going to trust him and love him and believe on him. This was a different year. And while at the house of the Lord this year, she made a vow. Someone shout vow. Now, uh, vow is something of an ancient word. It means to make a commitment that's unbreakable. It means that you're making such a strong commitment that you will never break it. It's not like having a car that you lease and you hate and you turn it back in halfway through. This is about you keep that car until you die. And that is what God had 
uh, expected of her, but she seemingly had never went this far in her faith. Hannah was a woman of faith, but listen to me carefully. Her husband had provided all that she needed. There was something inside of her that was needing to be fulfilled and changed. But somehow, this year, there was difference in her spirit. Somehow she decided, I'm not just going to complain, cry, and moan. I'm going to pick myself off the mat, and I'm going to make a vow unto the Lord. A vow is something that is so sacred, I cannot even begin to attach how much holiness and greatness it is to a vow you take with the Lord. Because He is God, and He takes these vows so seriously. The Bible says in verse 10 and 11 that she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. I don't know about you, but I, I know of some beautiful ladies in this house that have not been able to conceive children, and they have wept. I have watched them cry and, and with great tears, and I'm here to tell you that the one I'm speaking of or thinking of right now, they have had more kids than they ever expected because God heard their cry, and they made a vow. Sometimes we ask God for things that we're willing, not willing to commit to and make vows about. I want to tell you, without the vow that she made, she would have never had a man-child. Because God is bound by his word. Oh, you're not hearing me right now. He is bound by his word. And she was a weeper and anguished. And she decided, I, I, I've got to do more than I've done before. I've got to go further than I've ever been. Been. Uh, I've got to risk some things. I've got to go out on a limb. Uh, I've got to trust God when I don't see it. I've got to believe God when I can't hear it. I, I've got to go where God tells me that I've never been there before uh, because I uh, have decided uh, what do I have to lose. Uh, ah, by faith, I can accomplish all things. Uh, I can stay comfortable in my weeping. Oh, you're not hearing me today. I can stay comfortable in my anguish. Uh, I can plan for next year okay I, I'm going to uh, ride a different donkey on the other side of the, of the caravan so I can't hear her chiding me uh, and telling me about how I have no kids uh, I'm going to wear some earmuffs this year I, I, I'm going to have my iPod all set up so I don't have to listen to her why because we can avoid things or we can confront things I'm not, not going <laughs> someone needs to help me preach right now in my life I can put up with my disease or I can confront Confront my disease. Uh, I knew that one would go over well. But I have no power. There is no other name given under heaven whereby I must be saved. If God chooses to take me because I have a disease, well, that's between God and me. Uh, but listen to me carefully. Uh, uh, my last breath will be shouting, uh, Lord, uh, I believe you can heal me. Uh, because I'm here to tell you, uh, I serve a God that heals, sets free and delivers someone give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving today hallelujah you can bring in my water bring in my water if you don't mind so after years of weeping she decides I've had enough thank you brother Mike I've had enough I'm all done someone shout I'm all done I'm done with my enemy making fun of me 
I'm done with the embarrassment. I'm done with the weariness. I'm done. Someone shout, I'm done. I'm done. She says, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go and I'm going to make an unbreakable vow to God. I'm going to show him my faith and trust in his will and his way. So that's exactly what she did. Commitment, hear me today, commitment to God's word always, someone shout always, will always be the difference maker in your prayers. Mm. Uh, this is not in my notes, but I, I feel the Holy Ghost prod me right now. Too many of us in our life with God, we pray prayers and we're not persistent enough. Hear me, we're not vowed enough, committed enough to what he's asked of us. And then we complain that God doesn't answer prayers. Am I making sense right now? We say, oh God, I need this and that. And, and we we. We put it before the Lord, and then we don't hear back from him. I want to remind you that Hannah went year after year after year after year. But there was something that happened in this year, and that was that she decided, I'm going to do something different to get different results. We can't keep praying the same prayer thinking that we're going to get this. No, you're going to get the same results. There's something. I've learned as a pastor, as, as a believer, and as I walk with the Lord, that it's not me. Listen, it's not God, rather. It's not God who is lacking his promises. Someone shout amen. It's me getting in a place that I can receive his promises. I'm going to say it again. It's me getting in a place. It usually has something to do with my prayer life. Come on now. It usually has something to do with my commitment and obedience to God's word. And in this situation in Hannah, she has been doing what she was expected to do, but she decided to do something different this year. She decided to go beyond what God and her people, what anybody expected. I want you to hear what Solomon says about commitments. Solomon in Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 4 through 7. I want you just to hear how important and how, how big a deal God believes in these vows. The Bible says, and Solomon wrote, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin, nor say before the messenger of God that it was in error. I didn't mean to make that vow. I, I, was, I was emotional that day. I, 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 I didn't know all the story. I didn't know that it was going to be okay before I made that vow. He, this is what he says. I, I, I put in my little notes, people will be very quiet right now. And I was right. What do you know? 30 years of preaching. Uh, Listen, this is what he says. Don't tell God it was an error. Why should God be angry at your excuse? Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your own hands? He questions. Why? For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there is also vanity or pride that says, I can do this on my own. And then he says these three words that I think we're lacking in this hour. But fear God. Fear God. 
Hannah knew this. Hannah understood when it meant to take a vow before the Lord. Hannah knew that she could not just say words out of a, a panicked moment or a moment of anguish or a moment of feeling like she was being attacked. And she never said later, I didn't mean it. Well, that's not really true. I, I want you to think about what Hannah did. Uh, she began to cry out. And in verse 16, we find there was some roadblocks that came. Hear me today. There were some roadblocks that came to Hannah's vow. Every time you make a vow to God, I promise you the enemy will not like it. He will throw some roadblocks. I want you to watch what happens here with Hannah because Hannah was in the temple after they had went there and, and they began to pray at God's house. She was there and she was all alone. And she was in the temple and she was praying hard and crying and, and, and pleading with God. And Eli, the prophet, was there with her. He had been out and he had came in and he had noticed her and he had saw her. And he looked over at her and the Bible says that he slapped her. Now, I want you to think about this. She's in deep prayer. Imagine me walking into Thursday prayer and somebody's up here travailing and I walk in and I slap them across the face, right? Now, I imagine I would hope that you'd get up and leave <laughs> because that's ungodly. Am I right? Can I get an amen? It is ungodly. But somehow he and his trying to protect the sacredness of the temple trying to protect the sacredness of the moment he he slaps her and accuses her of being a drunk you're drunk why are you drunk quit drinking and, and this is what she says after she had been slapped and accused of being a drunk by Eli the prophet she says in verse 16 do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken unto now she could have got offended and walked out. Mm, they're not hearing me. She could have been upset because someone mm, challenged her vow. Someone cast something that was unknown, something that was out of the ordinary. What in the world? When you read this for the first time, you think a man of God slapping a woman, thinking she was accusing her of being a drunk, and yet she was not drunk at all. She was just in deep despair, crying out to God to give her relief and let her bear a son. There was this moment in my mind that I see that she could have, and I would have most likely gotten red-faced and embarrassed, that I would have stood up and, and made the declaration, I am not a drunk, and I, you know, and just, been, but no, she didn't do all that because she understood her goal was greater than her moment. Her goal was greater than her persecution. Her goal of receiving from God what she needed uh, was more important than her feelings about what happened. Oh, you're not hearing me today. And the Bible says in verse 17, and then answered and said, go in peace, right? It took God one verse and God and the God of Israel grant you your petition which you have asked him. I want you to understand that in this life, when you vow to God and say, Lord, 
if you save my children, I'm going to praise you all the days of my life. When you make vows that you say, God, if you'll get me out of this situation and heal my body, I, like David, will worship you and teach others to praise your name. There is a moment here with Hannah that I want you to grasp. I want you to grasp it so strongly because she did not let the bump make her offended and lose out on her promise. The Bible says in verse 19, hear me, on the, and the Lord remembered her. <laughs> in verse, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and his name and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked from him from the Lord. Because I have asked for him before. Uh, from the Lord. We find here that there is this moment, hear me, of fulfillment uh, of the prophecy uh, that God gave her and it has now come to pass. Interesting thing about this is we don't see Hannah dancing in the yard. We don't see Hannah over there saying, ha, 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 look what I got. I got kids now. She didn't do any of that because she understood what she held because her vow was to go and take that son back to the house of the Lord and let him serve God all the days of his life you're not hearing me there's some things that God wants to give you uh, that it's not just for you uh, you need to bring it back to God's house and say I give you my talents uh, I give you my time uh, I give you my blessing uh, why uh, because there's a work to be done in this hour someone shout amen so we look and see that Hannah was remembered by God and he allowed her womb to be opened and in the process of time. Someone shout, in the process of time. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, some miracles take some more time. Come on. Yeah, some miracles. Sometimes we get so instantaneous about everything we do in our life that we forget that in the process of time. Hannah, in the process of time. Uh, I don't know about you, but I am wise enough now uh, that I have learned uh, that if it ain't God's timing, uh, then I better back away and wait upon the Lord. Uh, I better make sure that my timing uh, is not what I look for but I look for the timing of God because he will never fail me his word is truth and it will never die Hannah understood this it's interesting because she says I've asked we know the story and if you don't very quickly Hannah she kept him and she fed him and she said I'm not going to take him back I love this I'm not taking him back to God's house until he's weaned from my breast. I, I, have, to, I have to believe, Hannah, that it was, it was Hannah's moment where she says, I, like Jesus in the garden, not my will, but thy will be done. Nevertheless, she held that baby, that promise, that thing that she had longed for her whole life and knew that there was a day coming. And so what did she do? She says, I'm not going to take him yet. I'm going to cherish him. There's some, there's some people in this room need to know that it's okay to cherish the things that God gives you. Even when he is requiring you to let it serve the rest of the world. We look and see that Hannah... She took him eventually to God's house. The Bible says, 
that it was that time of year again. Everybody say year to year. It was that time of year she had fed him and there had been several feedings and several uh, uh, different uh, places that she had, I'm sure, and brought him to a place of maturity and able to survive without her feeding him. She took him to God's house. She returned to God's house to pay her vow. I feel like Abraham and his son that he had to sacrifice him, God required it, and yet God saved him. And I feel that same spirit. Sometimes we pray for things and we, we receive it, and it's so, so amazing to us. I, I, I remind uh, the amazing, the Evans family, Hillary and, and Thomas, and how God has not given them one child, he's given them three children. And how that... Mm, he answered their prayers. I can take you down a road of women that have received this promise. And I believe that healing balm of Gilead in this, is in this room today. And, and look, Hannah returns. Hannah returns. You want to get serious about your miracle? It's time to make a vow to God. Hannah returns to God's house to pay her vow in 1 Samuel 1 and 26. Let me read it to you as he says. And she said to Eli the prophet oh my lord she walks into the, the place of worship and she's trying to get back she's holding this baby and she says uh, 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 oh by the way uh, uh, oh my lord uh, as your soul lives uh, my lord I, I, I I'm the woman who stood by you right, right here in this tabernacle uh, praying to the lord uh, for this child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition of which I ask him and therefore and because he granted it therefore I also have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives he shall be lent to the Lord and the Bible says this and so they worshipped the Lord there there was this spontaneous worship that began to happen when Hannah returned to keep her vow before the Lord. She was asking Eli, who had grown old in age, Eli, remember me? I'm the woman you slapped. I'm the woman you called a drunk. But you also, by the word of God, said, the Lord has granted your petition. Uh, I may have had some things that got in my way for a few moments. I may have had a woman that was chiding me and making fun of me. I may have had some things I did not understand. Uh, but I trusted in the Lord. Uh, and I'm here today, Eli. See this baby in my hands? Uh, I'm here. Remember me? Uh, remember me? I'm the one. Uh, and I am holding God's promise in my hands I'm holding God's promise in my hands and the Bible says that she lent him to the Lord but that's not the end of the story hear me as I close it's not the end of the story God provided for her I want to take you to a place God she had a cry she had a need she had uh, trials and tribulations to get to that goal we know that God made a way where there seemeth no way and he opened her womb and gave her a man child and she returned that child as she avowed before the Lord because she had to in order to keep that vow but that's not the end of the story 
Most of us stop at verse 28 in chapter 1 of Hannah's story here in 1 Samuel. But I want to take you just a tiny bit further. And here it is. Hannah is going to learn what we need to learn. That happens, what happens when you make a vow to God and you keep that vow. Hear me. Because in chapter 2, if you read the very first few verses, you'll see that Hannah begins a prayer. And she begins to declare God's word through that prayer. I don't have time, but I would love for you to read it at home in chapter 2 but then the Bible says that Samuel ministered before the Lord in verse 18 through 21 but Samuel ministered before the Lord even as a child wearing a linen ephod his mother made him that little robe moreover his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him what year by what year oh you're not hearing me what year by year and when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice I say yearly sacrifice oh you hear me today Hannah did not just leave that boy with a priest and say have fun I hope you're okay I hope your ephod never wears out I hope your clothes okay I hope you're fed up no 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 she said no every year I'm gonna take and I'm gonna remind myself that this was a vow that I kept before the Lord that this was a promise that was given to me and I may not possess that promise like I wished I could but there's a greater possessor and it is Jesus God of heaven and earth uh, he was the one that was in charge of Samuel but I am going to honor what God did in my life uh, and I'm going to bring him some clothes every single year uh, I'm going to remind him uh, I'm your mama <laughs> I'm the one that prayed you down uh, I'm the one that's bringing you clothes uh, you are always going to be my son uh, because a promise of God is yea and amen uh, you might have things in your life right now uh, that seems far away uh, but I say to you start knitting right now start knitting right now because you're going to prepare uh, a robe uh, for something that's coming in your future uh, you may not see it right now uh, but you're going to have to go visit one day uh, look what God has done uh, I want to thank him uh, and praise him for the miracle he brought in my life uh, I'm going to reconnect regularly with my promise do you see it it's not enough just to give in the offering. It's not enough just to offer yourself a sacrifice. Uh, hear me today. Uh, this is an ongoing thing. Uh, you don't just give in the offering, but you pray that God blesses that offering. Uh, you pray that the people that are being affected by that offering. Why? Because it's not just about the act. Uh, it's about you making sure that you carry it on from generation to generation. That this is what God did. Uh, let me tell you about what God can do. I want to speak to our young families for a moment. Hear me today. I want to speak to you right now. And I pray that you will receive this pastor, this man of God that's trying to bring you a word today. And, and that is this. Listen to me. Sometimes as young families, we have not seen what we thought we would see from our prayers. We get discouraged. This is what I'm encountering, that 
young families especially, they get discouraged. Their, they, their prayer life, they, they see they're financially struggling or they're going through things or their kids are sick and they, they just don't feel as connected. They feel like my, my mother used to tell me about these miracles that used to happen and my grandmother used to tell me about some things. My dad told me some things and I don't see those things in my life. Pastor, why is that? And I, I want to come back to the hour that we're living. We are living in an hour of self, 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 self self. We're living in an hour that we have to take a step back from all that is the world and we got to reconsider what's important and what's going on in our life. I know we're busy. Technology is supposed to solve all that but it's just made it much worse and I hear today the young families of this church and of other churches across Christendom they're, they're, they're wondering this but I want to preach to you for a second because if you're not careful you will be selfish with your blessings and if if you're not careful you will want God to do for you when you should be thinking what will God do for my children what will God do for my grandchildren what will God because you see it's a generational thing oh you're not hearing me I don't just serve God for myself I serve God because I want my children to serve God I want them to see that their mother will be healed and they will be oh you're not hearing me I want them to see that he will break fevers and he will heal bodies and he will I, I, I want, but I don't want just my, my, my kids to see that uh, I want my grandkids to see that uh, I want my grandkids to say uh, I remember when Poppy used to preach about but I have also seen it for myself uh, because if I don't bring them to a place of trust in God then where are they going to get it from it's from generation. We sing that song, the Lord bless thee and keep thee and cause his face to shine upon. And it's for your children and their children and their children's children. Why? Because you don't serve God just for yourself. You serve God for the entirety of your family. You serve God for your kids, great-grandkids, great-great-grandkids that you'll never, ever meet. I... I am a fifth generation Pentecostal. I am a fifth generation pastor. I am a preacher of five generations going back. Four on one side, five on the other, my mom and my dad. I didn't get here by myself. I don't stand here under my own accord and my own ways and my own learning and my own stuff. No, there has been an accumulation of their spiritual things, the fruits that they bore that have been passed on and passed on and passed on and passed on and passed on. Why? Because somewhere along the line, someone decided, I'm not living for myself. I, I told my children this at a Thanksgiving table a couple years ago. I'm not living for myself. I'm living for them. I'm going to break the barriers for them. I'm going to fight the devils for them. I'm going to make... Mm. Terrence, I'm going to endure some things that my kids will never have to view or see or do. I'm going to do some things in the spirit realm that my grandbabies will never have to encounter. Never. Why? Because I am making a way in the world. I am the spear point of my family. So I'm going to say something. Hannah understood this. This wasn't just for herself. She did this for the house and the name of God. Yes, she wanted him. 
Yes, in her flesh, she needed him. Yes, she was tired of all the things. But those, those things that got fulfilled were simply benefits that she did not even know she would receive. But when she kept, listen to me, someone shout, kept her vow. I'm closing. When she kept her vow to God, God saw that and was moved by that. Samuel, he ministered before the Lord with this linen ephod. His mother would make him these, these robes and bring it to him, the Bible says, year by year when she came up with her husband and to offer the yearly sacrifice. I want, you to, I want you to pay close, close attention to me right now. And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, the Lord give you descendants from this woman. Why? For the loan that was given to the Lord. And they went and would go to their own home. I want you to notice in verse, if you don't catch this, you, you won't catch it. I need to point it out to you. We will read in the, next, in the next verse, the Bible in verse 21 says, And the Lord visited, and the Lord remembered Hannah, so that she conceived, and she bore what? Three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. She couldn't have any kids, and now she has six. <laughs> Why? All because she said, this year is different. I've gone up to that temple, and I have prayed, but this year is different. This year, I'm not going to listen to the other wife. Mm -mm. No, no, I'm not going to let her discourage me. Do you know you got to get rid of some people in your life to get what God wants you to have? Did you know that? I'm sorry, but it's just the truth, right? People that speak negativity. And uh, I tell you this all the time. It doesn't mean you hate them or don't ever talk to them. It just means you don't let their voice enter into your brain. You don't let them influence you, right? And so what happens is she, she what? She she goes and she says, this year is different. I, I'm not going to listen to her. I don't care if the priest slaps me and calls me a drunk mm -mm, because my goal is greater than my grief. Mm. My goal, my request is divine. I, I want you to notice something in verse 20. I wanted you to catch this. Uh, Sister... Uh, Sister Tabitha, who's absolutely, is she amazing or what? Her service to the Lord. Amen. The Bible says this in verse 20. And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. And so they would go. They would go. That would indicate that this is not the first time that they would go. Sister Roseanne. I sense from the scriptures and what I'm reading that then they would go, they would go. Then they would come back. Someone that they would come back and then, and then they would go and then they would come back. I believe that there was six years. 
she didn't have these kids all at once. But every time she went back with that robe to Eli, said, I want to give this to Samuel. Samuel would say, you know what? Because you lent him to the Lord, I'm going to pray another baby. <laughs> and the next year she'd come back. Look what the Lord gave me. I have another baby. Yeah. And because you lent him to the Lord, I'm going to pray and you're going to conceive again. She'd come back. I've got, I've got, uh, look at this. I, I, got, I didn't think I was going to get one and I got two. And, and Eli would say, yes, and because you lent him to the Lord, I'm going to pray over you again. Bum. And God had her conceive again. And now her husband's holding babies and she's holding babies and they got four babies and he says, oh no, no, you don't understand. No, no, you need, you deserve a few girls in there somewhere. I'm going to give you what your harsh desires is. I'm going to give you what you came for instead of leaving you wondering if God really saw you and really needed you. Oh no, no, I'm going to pray again because when I pray again, I think probably by the sixth baby she quit showing up at the temple. You know what I'm saying? She's like, no, I ain't going back. No, no no because every time I go back God blesses me one more time in your life and in mine we need to have the attitude of Hannah that says I don't care what gets in my way I have a desire from the Lord and I will pray and fast and believe I'll endure because I believe but I don't just believe, I'm going to vow a vow to back up my belief. Because vows create a, a friction in faith. A friction that says, do you really believe? Now you've made a vow. <laughs> and now it's out there. And now, some of us need to hear me today. I need to hear me today. And that is this, that we need to make some vows. And we don't need to make them lightly. We don't need to. Some of you are fighting things. Look, I, the Lord has been talking to me personally. I, I'm just telling you, there's some things that you are fighting. This church is fighting God in this last hour. Individuals are fighting. But you're afraid that God will actually do what he says. And it will alter the course of your life. Some of you might have to do different things than you're doing right now. And that is part of you trusting God. God wants you to believe and know that he is a way maker and that he is the God of heaven and earth. But you've got to trust enough to make a vow. You say, might say, Pastor, I, what, what is a vow? What, what do you mean by a vow? Uh, uh, let, me, let, me just, let me just show you, right? You ready? And I don't, I'm not suggesting you make this vow, but this is just an example of a vow. You find your teenager in a mess. You find them in a jail cell. You find them undone. You find them. They have the word of God in them, but they're not allowing it to, to manifest. And you see the hand of the enemy upon them and you pray and you fast. And it seems like they make one bad decision after another. Anybody want to shout amen right now? They make one decision. Bad, bad. And you're going, oh God. Do you not hear me? Didn't you promise to hear me? Didn't you say you would never leave me nor forsake me? And you pray a prayer. You pray a vow before heaven and earth. You say, Lord, today. 
if you will just send an angel. They're creatures of free will, but Lord, if you will just send an angel and wake them up and be what you promised to be to them. You say, Pastor, why do I have to ask this? Because that's the way God's economy is set up. I don't know why he said, ask and you shall receive. He knows all things. Why doesn't he just do? Because there's an act of faith that we must trigger. So he says, ask. Too many times we're worried what God's going to do with them after we ask. Because you see, it might be a judge saying, I'm sorry, young man, but you're going to have to spend 90 days in jail. And you go, oh my God, that's so... And that is horrible. But maybe your prayer is being answered and that jail time will help that young person to become what they need to be and wake them up and give them time to slow down with all the bad friends and all the stuff. Am I, you, am, I, am I hearing anybody shout amen? I'm giving you an example, a, a total hypothetical. I'm just telling you that there has to come a time where you can't save them. I don't care how many lawyers you get. I don't care how much stuff you do. I don't care how many times you visit them. You can't save them. <laughs> right here. <laughs> right here it can be at your bed it can be in your closet it's wherever you make an altar and you say okay God this is a different year I'm not going to do like I always did I'm not going to no no I'm going to say okay God if you will then I will I'll be faithful to your house I'll be whatever it is that you vow but it must be unto the Lord Making commitments to God and keeping them are the most important thing in my life. I feel the Holy Ghost. Can you just lift your hands all over this house? And just let God minister to you right now. Can you pray a prayer, Lord, remember me, Lord? Do you remember me, God? Remember me. Hallelujah. Come on, saints. I want you to just lift your voices right now in prayer. Mm, hallelujah. Hmm. I find peace. He won't. Mm, he won't. He won't. He won't He won't fail. No, no, he won't fail. Christ is my firm foundation. Come on. The rock on which I stand. Someone needs to pray this morning. Someone needs to bring a child to the altar today. Someone needs to bring your health to the altar today. Someone needs to say, Lord, yes, I will. Oh, 
So why would he fail? Can someone shout it? He won't. He won't. No, no, no. Come on, stand with me. He won't. Come on. Ah, uh, yeah. He won't fail. No, no. He won't fail. How many is ready to put your pain on the altar this morning? Come on. How many wants to learn from Hannah today? Come on. Come on. All over this house. Yes. Come on. Prayer elders, come. I want you to come pray. Pray amongst them. Come on. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. Come on, come on, all over this house. I put my hope I put my faith in Jesus. Come on, minister to her today. You're safe.